Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. You're listening to Season 6 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture, to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hey, Fried fam. I feel like I hear all the time all over the internet that self-care doesn't work for burnout. I see this quite literally every single day. I see it especially on LinkedIn, but I see it all over Instagram too. And while I understand what the goal of those conversations is, it's saying, hey, listen, it's not your fault. You can't just take a bubble bath and cure yourself of a toxic work environment. When it's that, I get it. I'm with it. Yes, that's true. However, taking self-care out of the burnout recovery equation is doing a massive disservice to everyone who needs to recover from burnout. Because you can't actually get out of burnout without some sort of self-care. It's also really hard to prevent and avoid without some sort of self-care. So today I want to walk you through three types of self-care that I believe are absolutely crucial to burnout prevention and recovery both. Now, If you've been around here for a while, you know that I usually separate those two things, burnout prevention and burnout recovery, in two different boxes. And I think that this is where a lot of the problem comes from when people are posting things like, self-care doesn't work for burnout because you need to change your sick work environments. I think part of what's happening in these self-care conversations is that we are minimalizing how smart you are. And that's really irritating to me. I know that you know that self-care is more than a bubble bath. I know that you know that if your work environment is absolutely toxic, you won't be able to self-care your way out of it. I feel pretty confident saying those two things back to back. Why do I feel confident about that? Because I talk to you every single day in the Facebook group. I talk to you in my office hours. I know how intelligent you are. So I'm not going to insult your intelligence by saying bubble baths don't work and bubble baths are self-care. Self-care is more than that. And I think we need to wrap our heads around the fact that if we are really going to hashtag end burnout culture, if we are really going to even change the workplaces we live in, we have to on some level stop participating in them as individuals as well as work on systemic change. Both of those things need to be happening simultaneously. We can't do one without the other. So back to my three types of self-care. The three types of self-care that you need to get through burnout, to recover properly, are as follows. The first one we call in Fried Zone foundational self-care. Foundational self-care requires a skill called interoception. 
We talk about this skill a lot on Fried without using the word because we don't always need to sound fancy, even though I do kind of like it. Interoception means that you are aware enough of your body's signals to feel them and react appropriately. Foundational self-care means that when you feel like you have to pee, you pee. Please make it to the bathroom before you do that, right? You drink when you're thirsty. You rest when you're tired. You eat when you're hungry. Your body naturally sweats when it's hot. You open a window if you're too warm. You wrap up with a blanket or put on socks when you're too cold. Foundational self-care is all about this consistent message to your body that says, hey, I've got you. I hear you. I've got you. In my opinion, and this is an opinion, I have no research to support this at all, but I have seen it over and over again, so I think that it's true. In my opinion, this foundational self-care is how we build self-worth and self-love. Foundational self-care is how we build self-worth and self-love. As you build trust with yourself, as your body starts to trust that when it gives you a signal, you will respond, there starts to be this underlying feeling of, oh, I must deserve to be taken care of. I do deserve to be taken care of. My basic foundational needs can be met. When you are actually caring for yourself on, a, on the very basic level, you are proving to yourself on a day-to-day basis that you are worthy of such care. This builds your self-worth. This builds your self-value. This builds your sense of deserving and belonging. So if you do nothing else, in order to recover from burnout, you must absolutely invest in foundational self-care. That means you have to pay attention to yourself and listen to your body probably in ways that you haven't in a very long time. And this is Again, not your fault. This is a systemic problem. We're taught from a very young age, even in grade school, to ignore the fact that we have to go to the bathroom. We're taught to wait until certain hours to eat. We're not given the opportunity to respond to our body's cues naturally as we grow. So no wonder it's a mess when we're adults. But you're an adult now, so your job is to start listening in again. That's self-care type number one. Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? Cyfox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. (laughs) 
Self-care type number two that I absolutely deeply believe you must engage with is self-advocacy. Self-advocacy means that you speak up for yourself. This is boundary setting. This is acknowledging that you have wants, needs, and desires and preferences as a human. This is basically using your voice and being okay with the fact that you want things out of this world and that you deserve them. Now, you see, the foundational self-care comes first because by building within yourself this sense of, I'm worth that, I deserve that, it's much easier then to self-advocate and say, hey, no, I'm not going to be treated that way. No, I do have a boundary here. Anything that you need to know about advocacy and self-advocacy, I highly recommend following Heather Hansen on Instagram and LinkedIn. I will link to her. She is the advocacy expert. She was, uh, used to be a lawyer, and now she does all advocacy work. She is absolutely fabulous. So I want you to understand that if you do not ever learn how to speak out loud the things you want, need, desire, and prefer, you are very unlikely to get those things. This means no more hinting. Please stop hinting at what you want. Sitting in a room and saying, oh, it's a little cold in here, is not making a request to have the heat turned up, is not asking for a blanket, is not asking for a pair of socks. It's simply stating that the room is cold. You're not even saying you're cold. I want you to stop hinting. So, this week, maybe that should be, would be a good practice for you this week. If you are my coaching client this week, I might say to you, why don't you pay attention for the next seven days for any areas of your life where you feel like you're making requests that are being ignored and pay attention to if you are actually making a clear request or if you are hinting at something and expecting someone to overinterpret your words to give you what you want. If you do this, you are also likely someone who overinterprets other people's words to give them what they want. And a lot of times this is appreciated. And because you don't speak up for yourself, you assume other people don't speak up for themselves. So you meet all sorts of needs that they may or may not have. Sometimes this is appreciated. Sometimes it's really annoying. And so you get stuck in this cycle of helping people that don't actually want your help and then being annoyed that they're not super grateful that you helped them, which leads to resentment and all of this gets tangly and messy. If you want to recover from burnout, you must engage in the self-care of self-advocacy. So we have foundational self-care as number one, meeting your body's basic needs, self-advocacy self-care as number two, and number three, the self-care that you must engage in is being aware enough of your own patterns of behaviors that might lend toward burnout and doing your best to use them appropriately when they matter. Now, let me break this down a little bit. What I'm saying in much simpler words is you need to know what your coping mechanisms are and when to use them well and when they shouldn't be used. So a lot of times when you create a coping mechanism as a child in order to protect yourself and that coping mechanism is successful, you use it for 40 years. And then 
all of a sudden it becomes unsuccessful. This is a shift in the research. This is a shift that goes from this coping mechanism being adaptive to this coping mechanism being maladaptive. So for instance, you had a chaotic home growing up and your the result of that chaotic home was you creating a certain level of perfectionism. So you created this perfectionism. It worked. You got the attention that you needed. You got the grades that you needed. Anything that you needed, you got because you were striving so hard for perfection. And this worked throughout college. You got good grades. You got maybe got a scholarship. It landed you a decent job. And now 10 years into that job, or maybe two, and you're falling flat on your face and you're not sure why. You don't get the same kind of results back in adulthood that you do as you do while you're in school. You're not getting regular grades so that you know whether or not you're staying on track. So for perfectionists, leaving the school system and moving into a workplace system where you don't have grades every month, maybe you have a a review every six months or sometimes once a year, and you don't even really know what it's going to be about, so you can't even prep for it, when you're not being constantly tested to prove that you're doing the right thing, can be really hard for you to adjust. Now, this perfectionism that worked so well for you for so many years is no longer working well for you. The number one rule of fried guides, anybody that has learned through me how to work with burnout, is that we never demonize a coping mechanism. Your coping mechanism is okay. It worked for a long time. Let's say thank you to it for keeping you safe for all those years. And Let's look at your life and look at places where that coping mechanism can still be used and be useful. And then let's look at some other places where maybe it's not so necessary and we can move into another way of functioning, right? So this unwinding of your current coping mechanisms and keeping the ones that work well and upgrading some other ones that maybe don't work so well is an absolutely necessary part of self-care. This is the unwinding self-care. This is the upgrading coping mechanism self-care. You absolutely must do this. When I say coping mechanisms, I also don't want you to think that you shouldn't have any coping mechanisms and that coping mechanisms are bad. You have to have coping mechanisms. (laughs) Coping mechanisms are an absolute necessity in life. However, They should be adaptive coping mechanisms, which means that they are coping mechanisms that allow you to move through a stressor and get to the other side of it with some relative ease and without losing too much of yourself, right? You're able to work through something. If your coping mechanism is calling your best friend, cool. If your coping mechanism is only calling your best friend and if she's not available, then you can't get through it. Not so cool. That doesn't mean that coping mechanism of calling a friend is a bad idea, but it might mean that you need to expand your circle a little bit so that you have more options so that you can use that coping mechanism appropriately when it's necessary. The third type of self-care is unwinding patterns self-care. Some people would say that this is Um, healing trauma and things like this. I don't necessarily think that you have to go through and figure out what the trauma was and unwind that and fix that in order to move on. Sometimes you just need to upgrade the coping mechanism. And we don't do this because we don't realize it's happening because we don't talk about things like this. This is my every single day life and I still make this mistake. 
I don't expect people that don't talk about these things all day, every day to know that coping mechanisms sometimes become maladaptive and they need to be upgraded. We're all just on this automatic, like our brain takes shortcuts, right? Our brain is supposed to take shortcuts. We do the thing that has always worked because it's always worked. And that's just a normal human thing to do. And it's okay to need to stop sometimes and upgrade. This is very often the main reason that people end up hiring a coach because sometimes making these upgrades on your own can they can be hard to see the patterns can be hard to find and the correct substitution or the correct shift that you're trying to make can be hard to discern how are you supposed to know if this thing is going to end up being adaptive or maladaptive right that can be really hard so three types of self-care foundational self-care self-advocacy and unwinding old patterns. These three are absolutely necessary whether your burnout is due to internal factors, old traumas, or your workplace, or a combination of the two. These three pieces of self-care are absolutely necessary. Waiting for your workplace to fix its toxicity in order for you to heal is not a great choice. While I do believe that people that heal from burnout contribute to their workplaces in a different way and can help to create more burnout-proof cultures, I fully take on the idea that there are huge percentages of us right now that are already burnt out and need tools to actually recover. All of the people that are out there working on systemic change high five, high 10, high 20. I'm into it. Please do your thing. While understanding that what you're working toward is burnout prevention for people that are not there yet. The people that are already burnt out, what you're doing is too little too late. It might help them once they've recovered and they enter the workforce again, but it's not going to help them right now. So this is a plea to everyone that works in burnout. Please know and use in your marketing really clearly whether you work with burnout prevention or burnout recovery. These are very, very different scales and require different tools. And waiting for systemic change to happen so that you can heal from your burnout is an unreasonable ask to all the people that are suffering right now. And if you are one of those people that is suffering right now, please know you are not alone and there is help. Sarah and I both currently have one-on-one coaching spots open. We have a group coaching happening soon. There is always something going on. We have free office hours. We have a free Facebook group. There is so much support for you. Fried is not just a podcast. Fried is a movement. We are not going to let you fall through the net. We've got you until you can get yourself And even after you've gotten yourself, we've got you anyway, because everyone, everyone, everyone needs community. All right. That could be another type of self-care, building your community self-care. But these three are better start. I don't want to give you too many things to do at once. Be kind to yourself, please, out there. You deserve it. See you next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more 
Got each other on our side Plus all the folks at Fried The Burnout Podcast With Kate Donovan